time for the car doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. everyone and welcome to another edition of the car doctor program on am 950 wrol the spirit of boston or you may be listening sunday nights on am 1260 wbix my name is john paul the car doctor here to help you with your car problems uh well depending on when you're listening it's not a nice day out today but it could be it could be depending on where you are and when you're listening uh remember you can always find past programs on my podcast site which is john at uh, you can search for The Car Doctor Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. I don't know. There's a bunch of places you can find it. Also, there's an alternative podcast site where some older shows are. Uh, it's podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. And, of course, go to WROL's website. You can stream us live at WROL. There's also a WROL app now. And you can find some podcasts there as well. So lots of places to find the program. If you don't happen to catch it live, you can always catch it uh Almost live. Uh, with us on the phone is Warren Tracy. He's president and CEO of, uh, it sounds like a place I used to work, the Busted Knuckle Garage. But it really isn't a garage. It's kind of a lifestyle store. Warren, good morning and really early morning where you are. And welcome to the Car Doctor program here in Boston. Well, thanks, John. I appreciate you inviting me to the show. It's uh, it's an honor to join up with a guy from the East Coast while uh, while we get the sleep out of our heads out here in Arizona. Yeah, it's. I'm uh, sorry, it's five thirty in the morning out there. <laughs> no, I just uh, I just stayed up all night. That way, I wouldn't miss the call, right? <laughs> well, uh, years years ago, we had a young guy who started a website, and he was from California, and and uh, he actually had a little PR agency, and. Uh, he afterwards he said, "Oh, I stayed up the whole night. I didn't want to oversleep." And I went, "You're crazy!" But uh, <laughs> so, if you were up all night, I hope you were productive somehow. Very, very much so. Absolutely. Well, you know, first off, uh, tell us the busted knuckle garage story. How did how did all this happen? Well, it, it, you know, it actually happened about twenty years ago, as far as birth and the uh, the company itself. But I, you know, for all the budding uh, aspiring entrepreneurs out there, I want to be quick to say I did this backwards. I I actually woke up in the middle of the night. Uh, I've always been a car guy. I worked my way through school, you know, working on cars, mm-hmm. and busting knuckles, uh, as most all of us have. And uh, and I woke up uh, one morning, and, and there on my desk was basically a cartoon rendering of a hand holding a wrench with a oil rag wrapped around the index finger and the name of the busted knuckle garage. And, and I'll tell you, John, that doesn't that just doesn't happen too often. So uh, I had a lot of time to think about it and uh, and, and wonder about. And, uh, you know, life is no dress rehearsal. Um, so we went for it. We uh, we actually created a few lines of products and advertised uh, with another good uh, East Coast company called Hemmings, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with. And uh, we ran a few gift items in the magazine. It was enough to, to lead us forward and believe that uh, we had something uh, worth hanging on to. So we launched full-time back in 2000, and uh, we got about 150-plus uh, Busted Knuckle Garage lifestyle products for guys, uh, functional products, unique products. Um, man cave stuff and we've also done a lot of licensing so uh you know you can find some more product and some notable retailers uh coast to coast as well and you're back i mean you said you kind of 
worked your way through school fixing on car, fixing cars yeah. and keeping your own cars running. But that wasn't what you did 25 years ago, right? No, actually, <laughs> out here in Arizona, John, there's a, there's a big hole just north of the house called the Grand Canyon, which maybe some of your listeners have heard of. And uh, I don't want to say I fell into that job, but I kind of did. And uh, my wife and I were fortunate enough, we actually worked at the bottom of the Grand Canyon for uh, 12 years, which is accessible only by foot, mule, or raft. And I guess I was having some automotive anxiety, uh, but that's that's where I actually drew the, uh, drew the busted knuckle garage name up and developed the product line and so forth. So I, I guess there, there was some kind of cause and effect that was due to the fact that I, I wasn't able to wrench on cars down at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Yeah, I you know, there's uh, Dave Smith, the guy who owns Factory 5, the Cobra replica kit, he always used to say to me, everything's connected somehow. He was yeah. one of, you know, he's a, he's a California surfer by design, I guess. And uh-huh. uh, he always said to me, you know, life, life is, is full of connections. He said, you don't realize it right away. And he said, you know, you run into people, you do things, and you... F- finally find out it's all connected together and it sounds like kind of the same thing with uh, the busted knuckle concept it, it really is and uh, and again I, I like to speak to you know the listeners not just about my business itself and how it got started but you know you're exactly right john everybody has a dream um but it's you know it's the fear factor that you know either launches the dream or or, or it doesn't either you believe you got something or you're afraid you don't um but i, I would be witness to your friend's story about you know the right people show up at the right time, the connections get made, and sometimes, uh, you know, you don't have any control over that. I know there's always that story of the type A business guy, uh, you know, let's take Carol Shelby, for example, uh, push, 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 and look at the legacy he made mm. as a result of his drive. And, and then there's other guys that, uh, you know, it was more rather serendipitous that the right people kind of clustered around the idea and, and helped cultivate it and birth it. and. I know that's been my experience. Um, we've had a lot of co- help from companies like Mac Tools over the years and Summit Racing uh, and places like that that we never saw coming. We actually were approached by them. Um, but I, I think, once again, there's a, there's a serendipitous um, uh, feeling to it all uh, for a lot of uh, aspiring entrepreneurs, once again. Well, let's talk, about, let's talk about some of your products. And some of sure. your products, you said, are sort of novelty products, the man cave sort of stuff, the signs, yeah. uh, you know, what happens in the garage, stays in the garage sort of stuff. But also, yeah. um, you have some you have some actual pretty handy tools, like the little magnetic finger thing, which I, which I wish I had last weekend. Well, well, thanks, thanks for bringing that up, and I don't want to tell you I'm going to give you the finger, but I think I probably should after the show, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, that's a that's a great segue into this. You know, we're getting ready to exhibit once again at the uh, the, the giant SEMA show out here in Las mm-hmm. Vegas uh, starting November first. And uh, a couple of years ago, I partnered with a guy uh, who's a he's a full time stockbroker and a car guy. He's restored a few Corvettes over the years, and uh, he invented something we call the magnetic finger tool. It's uh, for lack of a better description, it's a finger condom, if you will. It just slides over your index finger. And there's a magnetic tip on the end, and I'm telling you, this is a save your bacon tool um, that goes places that stick magnets never will. So basically, once you put it on your index finger, you've converted your hand to a powerful magnet. And uh, you know, we've had an endorsement by Jay Leno on this. I had the privilege of uh, touring his garage a few years ago and, and taping a few segments with him. And it is a patented item. We won a new product showcase award at SEMA about two years ago with this thing. 
And uh, it's it's just been awesome. And you know, you've been there. You know, with your experience, you know, I can't get my hand in there. Oops, I dropped it down the intake manifold. Oops, it's stuck underneath the crossbar. I can't get it out. And again, your arm's got a lot more flexibility than the straight ahead stick magnets. And th- this has just been a whiz bang product for us. And uh, I should also mention we've been doing, aside from selling it on our website. Uh, we've been doing some private label programs from larger automotive companies mm. by putting their name on it, and they use it as a promotional gift for their uh, for their uh, clientele as well. Yeah, it, it's interesting that, you know, depending on what you're doing, I mean, sometimes you're working on something, you drop something, you don't worry about it. But if you're working on something that's critical, whether it's a whether it's your own car or a race car or something, and all of a sudden you can't find a, a nut or a bolt, you can't let yeah. that car go. you gotta you got to search everywhere because you don't want to s- suddenly find out that... Uh, you know, that 516th bolt is in an intake manifold somewhere. Absolutely. I mean, I've done it myself. One of my favorites work, and I used to run the public garage up in uh, the Grand Canyon back in the day in the 70s. And it's a busy place, and, and you're under a lot of time pressure, as, as every repair shop is. But these are people on vacation that, you know, they got to get home by a certain date. And, and I'll never forget doing a repair up there um, and dropping a nut down the distributor shaft. Like, Ooh. Uh, yeah, well, we're not going to recover the labor on that. That wasn't really their fault, um, mm. you know. So this this is the kind of tool that really, really we call it an assist tool because that's exactly what it is. And it's it's a myth. I know you and I believe in it, but when you got extra parts, it really doesn't mean you're efficient. It means you <laughs> probably made some mistakes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the extra parts left over on because of you, you're you're using the economy method of putting things together. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. these lock washers, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you know, the other it was it was. Uh, uh, kind of a long story short, uh, last weekend I hung around the house for the weekend because I was having uh, uh, some uh, a roofer at my house. So while I was there, I, last time I took my wife's car out for a ride, I said, you know, it's got a little brake vibration. You know, yeah. while he's working there, I, you know, see what the rear brakes look like. You know, looked and went, yeah, I went about a week too long on these. But after, you know, spending a little time jacking up the car, pulling off the tires, replacing the brakes and rotors, the next day, I kind of got up and went, hey, you know, I don't do this work anymore, and I'm a little stiff and sore, and, and yeah. you, you guys got some kind of magic ointment for that sort of stuff. I, I do. We, we do actually a couple of skincare products for guys that are, you know, bent under a hood or tucked under a dashboard all day long. We do a, a mechanics muscle easing salve. Um, it's an all herbal product. Uh, again, because mechanics and technicians, I mean, you find yourself as a contortionist, and some, some of you guys are big. Um, <laughs> And it's a wonderful, wonderful muscle easing uh, tool, and it's targeted strictly for guys who work in the garage. And I have to tell you, jumping back to the Grand Canyon, we road tested on about a gazillion and a half hikers that um, you know can't even lift a leg to go up a step uh, after a day. So we mm. know that works. And then the other product, you and I had done it for years, probably. But you know, remember the day you finish a repair, and you, you know your hands are greasy, dirty. This is the pre-glove, the pre-latex yep. days, and all that. What do you do? You wash over, you walk over the solvent tank and duck your hands in there, and uh, everything's good to go, right? And then all of a sudden, a week or two later, you wonder why your skin's falling off. Um, we've been doing an herbal salve for mechanics for about, uh, say, 16 years now. Uh, 100% herbal. And, uh, you know, a lot of products out there like the, you know, I don't want to drop names, but a lot of products out there intended to help mechanics with their hands, whether they're suffering from exposure to chemicals, grease, oil, gas, or perhaps they've been in a glove all day and they mm. sweat, they perspire, they blister. Um, you know, a lot of those products have glycol in them. They just continue to dry out your hands and crack and your, your hands are your livelihood. So I went through this for years. Um, in this product that we do, again, 100% herbal, it not only heals your, your cracks, your splits, 
It's an awesome product for minor burns. Uh, mm. you know, how many times did you brush up against that exhaust manifold a little bit too early? Um, great, great product for that. And it actually, John, it was one of our first products. I, I kind of followed the uh, Phil Knight model at Nike, but I, I needed a product that was product that was non-durable that people would use, come back to. It was functional, had a lot of value to it, something you could use on a daily basis. And uh, it's it's been probably, I'd say, our core product since day one. Yeah, and it's it's interesting you say that. Yeah, yeah, making the widget that never wears out sometimes isn't always the best business model, is it? Right, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's th- three ingredients to successful businesses. You know, it's got to have you know high high margins, addictive, and most importantly, it's got to be legal, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that third one can be. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're legalizing everything now. So. <laughs> more, more out there than here, but although, although maybe out here pretty soon too. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, we're t- we're talking with Warren Tracy, President and CEO of the BustedKnuckleGarage.com. That's the website BustedKnuckleGarage.com, where there's a lot of interesting stuff. And and you don't, you know, it's not just the signs of stuff. You you have, uh, you know, I can I can buy shot glasses and bar stools, right? Yeah, we do a lot of tableware. Um, in fact, you know, I think I think one of the fun things about restoring cars and working on cars and so forth, especially if you're with a group of buddies, you know, you, you get to the end of that build or whatever, and you want to sit around that pub table and hoist a beverage or two. And uh, we do some really, I got to say, it's all new product this year, but we do a lot of fun stuff uh, with the busted knuckle garage tableware, whether it's pub glasses or shot glasses with the rubber bar mat. Um, and we do everything from, I think I've got 16 different uh, garage stools, most all of them made here in the USA. Um, but I think it's kind of fun to you know get together after the shows and after the builds and uh, and, and celebrate uh, the accomplishments that took place in the garage. And that's really what our brand is all about. It's it's celebrating the work that's done on the cars, and the motorcycles, and the old trucks. Yeah, I, you know, I was looking at this, and a, a friend of mine is kind of, in one way, downsizing a little bit. He lives in lives in a very nice condo, but he's selling that, and he's moving about half a mile away, and he's building sort of what most people would die for is basically a garage with an apartment over it. And right. he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to have you know, I'm going to keep six cars here, six cars in Florida, you know, probably put a lift in, but also be able to you know really kind of relax downstairs but also have my you know uh, nice apartment upstairs and I'm, and I I know at some point I want to be able to get them something and I looked at this stuff and I'm like you know this would be pretty cool stuff for whether it's upstairs and upstairs in the apartment or downstairs uh, in the garage there's some there's some pretty fun stuff here yeah in fact some of it's almost too nice I you know getting back to the bar stools and uh, again I've been pretty cautious about building this lineup you know you can't do it all the time John it's just world now than it was 40 years ago but i do try and focus on usa built product and source it here in the u.s but uh we had we had a woman one time buy one of our uh swivel garage stools with the uh, with the backrest on it, which i take to the trade shows i'll be sitting in that throne in sema here in a few weeks but uh she bought it for her husband for a uh for a christmas gift and it shows up and she calls me rather sheepishly she says boy warren i just i just hate to ask but you know can i can i return the stool and i said really what you know what's the what's the problem? You know trouble or something wrong? I've never had a return on one of our stools. She goes no. She said it's you know what it, it's it's too nice for his garage, and I'm not going to have it in the kitchen. 
<laughs> so there's there's that fine line there between is it too nice is it is it not nice enough but uh, yeah I can go either way I, your buddy that you're describing to me is exactly the guy we're looking for sometimes I think we could we could create a really nice look for his space and uh, something different than the usual you know I don't want to say Chevy Ford Dodge but you know this busted knuckle garage is a common experience it doesn't matter what you're wrenching on it doesn't matter what you prefer to drive. Um, everybody has this particular experience, both physically and emotionally, every time we get out the toolbox. And you you got some stuff for kids, too, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, we've done some stuff for kids over the years. You know, we want to get them started young. You know, I call them tool gophers. You know, you, you, dad asked ask you to head over to the toolbox and pick up a screwdriver, and he comes back with a monkey wrench. But, you know, we'll get through that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we do some great stuff for signage, putting the kids' rooms with old motorcycles on it and trucks and cars and boats and anything mechanical that's uh, going to fall apart and you have the potential to get hurt working on. And, uh, you know, one of the other things, you know, you don't you don't just limit to the garage. You have some. Uh, you have something that looks like a little toolbox. It's really like a desktop organizer, right? That's that's actually our best-selling product. Um, it's a miniature desktop toolbox. It's made here in the USA. It's 24 gauge steel. It's got rolling wheels on it, and it's just like the big guy. It's got a rubber uh, mat on top. It's felt liner. Um, I keep one on my desk here, and it just cleans up the clutter real nice in car guy style fashion. Um, and we've been selling this for, oh gosh, about 16 years, but it's a perfect depository for your reading glasses, paper clips, cell phones, scissors, nuts, bolts, whatever. I have a guy, uh, last year bought one for Christmas gift and he keeps out in the garage, fills it with dog biscuits. He's got old blue out there when he's working on his car. I've got women who buy it as jewelry boxes. And, uh, yeah, this has been one of our favorite. We spec this out with a small company a long, long time ago and it's always at the top of the Christmas list. And and speaking of speaking of you know who buys you know you automatically think it's a bunch of guys that you know hang out in the garage but uh, your customers a lot of them are women right you are so right about that you're one of the few guys to bring that up and and I'm glad that you did um, you know when I first went out of the shoot with my business plan John I really thought it was going to be the guy walking around with the oil rag in the back pocket you know an open end wrench in the other pocket and he's probably got something out in the driveway forty years old that'll never finish fixing um, but I was wrong. The, uh, the actual big customer for us on online sales is his wife, his girlfriend, his mom, his daughter. Um, you know, I don't have to tell the world, but, you know, it's the women who, who do the purchasing. And I would tell you that close to, particularly in the fourth quarter holiday time, probably 70% of our customers are actually women buying gifts. And, and you love it. I mean, I hear it all the time. You know, guys are, are tough to buy for. And it's the old cliche, really, John. You want another? You want another can of wax for Christmas? Really? Um, it just doesn't fill the bill. So yeah, the, the female shoppers who we after, and we've we've had product in Hobby Lobby before. We've been in Target. We've been in Sears, and so forth. And and we're and we're happy and we're blessed for that because it reaches the female buyer. Yeah, you can only have so many socks and underwear. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, shoot. I mean, I'm not going to run the washer twice this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, you know you have all all these products. They're all available through uh, BustedKnuckleGarage dot com. And I have to ask. I mean, your car guy. You got you got something special in your garage? It's almost done, or in the well, we just uh, we we've been kind of on the Mini Cooper track for a while. Um, I had actually done a frame off on a forty eight Ford F one pickup. Was our shop truck for, mm. for years? Uh, a little three hundred two and a C four in it. Uh, that got sold a few years ago. Um, I've been through probably since uh, since teenagers. I've probably been through about eighty different cars. I like the Euro stuff. Yeah, 
um, I, I, I had actually acquired an old Porsche 912, a 68 version, and went through that a few years ago. And uh, right now my wife and I are kind of the mini thing. We just ordered uh, a mini a couple weeks ago that uh, we hope to take delivery of here before the uh, first of the year. We've really been enamored with the cars. They're, they're, just, a, they're just a hoot to drive. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fun little cars, and, uh, yeah. and they, 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 offer, they offer an awful lot of fun for, uh, for the package that they are and, uh, and as yeah, opposed I feel, to the, I feel like it's uh, you know it's like getting your I tell everybody who asks about it, I said it's like getting your driver's license all over again. Remember when you were sixteen and they finally gave you the, the yeah, permission to yeah, go out and yeah. you know and make a menace of yourself. Yeah. And it's, you get to do it all over again. And, and I, what I like about a Mini Cooper is you can get in it and people don't think you're suddenly having a midlife crisis or in my in my case maybe an end of life crisis I don't know but 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 either way it's like you know, it's like oh there's that there's that guy in the Mini Cooper that's a pretty cool little car rather than you know the guy that went out and spent you know his 401k on a sports car and people yeah. start to talk about him afterwards yeah I'll tell you what it reminds me of it. We, we used to I've had about three of the old uh, BMW 2002 mm. um, and, and it reminds me of that car albeit refined you know it's, it's small but it's sporty it's got lots of glass uh, lots of view and just uh you know the fun per mile is just you know it's it's unlimited. Yeah, it it really is. It's a it's a fun car. Uh, you know, I want to thank you for taking a little time out of your Saturday and joining us up here in Boston, especially so early in the morning. And uh, I and I understand uh, we're going to maybe give away one of your signs at some point. Uh, and we'll we'll figure out how to do that. We'll give it away. We'll do some sort of uh, old car trivia or something. We'll we'll give away sure. a sign, and then I'll give you a call, and uh, we'll we'll do that. You know, uh, uh, it's uh, the the site itself. You know, is a fun place to go just to look around. And with with uh, holidays coming up before you know it, you know, going to the Bust and Knuckle Garage, like you said, you know, if you're looking for something that's you know taking the place of the bottle of cologne or a belt or tie or you know. <laughs> You know something, something like that. These are these are, you know, not just not just fun stuff. They they look really really well made too. They they indeed are, and I and I stand behind that. And uh, for any of my customers that, that are buying from me, I'm always available. We're not some uh, you know not some big corporate entity trying to hide behind a uh, you know a voicemail or a phone tree. Uh, always available. Love talking to my customers. And yeah, John, I'm going to be happy to uh, follow up with you on Monday with an email, work something out. We can reward your listeners with some type of uh, prize on a drawing. Happy to do that. And uh, once again, I'm very, very grateful. I'm very appreciative uh, of the opportunity to talk to you today. It's been a hoot. And uh, talk to your audience as well. All right. Uh, Warren Tracy, President CEO of Busted Knuckle Garage. And you can f- check it all out. BustedKnuckleGarage.com is the website. And there's just some good stuff. You, you, you want that you know, I don't. I don't know if you you want a clock for the garage. You know, sometimes you want to be out there and you don't know what what time it is. But you know, there's just a lot of good stuff on here. And you know, put the you know put the doormat down. You know, magnets and decals for that refrigerator you get out in the shop. You know, whatever the case is, a bunch of fun stuff and t-shirts, all kinds of good stuff. BustedKnuckleGarage.com is where you find it all. And Warren, thanks for thanks again for uh, taking some time out of your Saturday. And thank you, John. Always appreciate the Boston accent, too. Made my day. <laughs> All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Boston accent? Where? Where? I don't... I, I, what accent? <laughs> uh, but we will be doing something. We're also going to be giving away... Um, we're gonna, we're, we'll do trivia today. And trivia will be... Uh, 
Jason Vines, who was on a couple weeks ago uh, with the book, The Last uh, American CEO, the, the book about uh, what happened uh, at American Motors in the final years that he wrote with the former CEO. I got a copy of the book the other day, so I think that's what we'll give away for trivia. It's a, it's a great, it looks like a great book. Uh, I'm not a big reader. I've just started to spend more time, strangely enough, on podcasts and I keep saying, you know what? I ought to go to like Audible or something and download books and listen to them. Maybe that's maybe that's a better thing for me. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills. When we come back, we're going to talk about the car that got me here today, which was not a Mini Cooper. It was actually a Subaru Outback, the 2017 Outback. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on Salem Radio Boston. We'll be right back. As I pull away slowly, feeling so holy, God knows I was feeling alive. And the sun's coming up, I'm riding with Sullivan Tire and Auto Service is proud to be New England's tire headquarters. And as the seasons change, now's the perfect time to stop in for tremendous tire deals. Now through October 3rd, save big on all Goodyear and Kelly tires in stock. Plus, save up to an additional $120 with mail-in rebate. And at Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, we'll keep your vehicle running right all season long. Stop in for our thorough factory scheduled maintenance check. Our ASC certified technicians will do it all. Engine diagnostics, transmissions, brakes, batteries, steering and suspension, exhaust systems, wiper blades, winterizing, and much more. Now through October 3rd, your chance to save big on all Goodyear and Kelly tires. Just in time for the upcoming fall season. For details, see SullivanTire.com. Hi, this is Paul Sullivan of Sullivan Tire. You won't find a better place to buy tires in New England, and we will not be beat on price. Thank you. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Sullivan Tire. Living in and around Boston is expensive, but that shouldn't stop you from calling it home. City of Boston Credit Union is here to help with low-rate mortgages, home equity loans, first-time buyer programs, and more. And because they're member-owned, they treat each member like they want to be treated, like people, not credit scores. City of Boston Credit Union, uniquely Boston. For today's rates, visit cityofbostoncu.com or call 617-635-4545. Equal housing lender, all loans subject to credit approval. NMLS number 403. Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. This is Pat Ryan, and it's one of my most favorite times of the year when we get to treat you, our pastors, our unsung heroes, to our annual Pastors Appreciation Lunch. 
This year, Jim Daly of Focus on the Family will be our keynote speaker. So kindly go on to WEZE or WROLradio.com and RSVP to attend this year's Pastors Appreciation Luncheon. It's happening on Friday, October 7th at 10.30 at Lombardo's and Randolph. That's Friday, October 7th at 10.30 at Lombardo's and Randolph. Don't miss out. RSVP today at WEZE or WROLradio.com. And if you'd like to support this effort along with us and be a sponsor, call me direct, Pat Ryan at 617-691-2521. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Karen add new music all the time. <laughs> I was I was just about to uh, throw one last thing away about Warren, and there's uh, one of the ads at the bottom of this thing. It shows a picture, and it says, uh, "Cross the bucket off your list for just thirty four ninety five. And the picture at least looks like four beer glasses, uh, a metal bucket to keep your beer cold in, and a bunch of coasters. Thirty four ninety five. That's not a bad deal. Yeah, and you know, you get to get to reuse the bucket, reuse the glasses. Gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the car that got me here today, and that's the 2017 Subaru Outback. The latest Outback from Subaru, in my opinion, just keeps getting it better. It's more luxurious with a new touring version. It comes in both a four and six cylinder version that features more safety equipment such as uh, standard reverse automatic braking. So if you're about ready to back out of a parking space, and uh, you can't quite see. The car can see, and it'll actually stop to keep you from hitting something, which is which is kind of nice. Um, then, of course, it has high beam assist, so high beams that come on when when they need to go down. You know, turn turn into low beams when there's approaching lights. Um, not a new not a new feature. Uh, Cadillacs and Lincolns in the '60s had something like that. It just didn't work as well. They would blink all the time. This works a lot better. Um, all versions now use a continually variable automatic transmission. Our test drive was in the limited edition with the 2.5-liter four-cylinder engine. I think in all the time I've driven Subarus, I've probably only driven two with a six-cylinder engine. Additional options include the EyeSight driver assist system. That's two cameras mounted above the rearview mirror, and they do a lot of things like collision, automatic collision braking, let you know when you're wandering out of the lane. Subaru has gone from really kind of this uh, granola, crunchy kind of car to really, uh, they've packed all kinds of safety features. There used to be people who bought Subarus, kind of lived in the woods and I don't know, tree hugger kind. Uh, not, to, not to be insulting, but that's who, that's who bought them. Um, but now, now it's completely different. There's tons of safety features and they were, you know, they weren't necessarily all that, you know, powerful. You know, they got the job done, but that was about it. The original ones were front wheel drive. Um, now, now nearly every Subaru is rear wheel is front wheel drive. I mean, all wheel drive, and uh, except for one. 
On the road, the 175 horsepower 2.5 liter four cylinder engine provides uh, good power, feels slightly more responsive, I think, due to the CVT transmission. This is one of the nicer CVTs. I'd put that right up here with the one in the in the Honda Accord. Uh, it just feels good. It doesn't feel like it's not quite. We were talking about transmissions the other day at work. We were collab. I was collaborating on an article, and uh, the writer uh, George Morse, who does a great job, not really a car guy. He kind of likes cars, but not really a car guy. And he's like, well, tell me the difference between a standard shift and an automatic transmission. And I said, well, there's different kinds now. There's CVTs and there's dual clutch transmissions. And uh, he said, yeah, the CVT, that's the one that always feels like it wants to shift into the next gear, but it's never there. I said, some of them actually did feel like that, but this one in the Subaru does a nice job. The latest combination of uh, engine and transmission returns... uh, 25 city, 32 highway, 28 miles per gallon overall. Drivers opting for the more powerful six-owner engine will see fuel economy drop down a few miles per gallon to around 20 city, 27 highway. The engine itself is generally quiet unless you push it real hard. But even from two years ago when I drove an Outback till today, it just seems a little bit quieter, a little bit better. The ride and handling are surprisingly good. Um, even during uh, some strong crosswinds, we had some pretty windy days the last few days. And uh, the Subaru did a good job. Ride and handling, um, like I said, are good. I wouldn't call it a sports car, but it actually handles better than... I don't know what you call it. Is it a station wagon? Is it a small SUV? But it actually handles really well. The Outback continues with uh, 8.7 inches of ground clearance. So for a car that doesn't look like an off-road machine, it actually does better than some true SUVs. Uh, It's surprising. I I work with a guy who has an older one of these, and he came in one day with the signature covered-in-mud sort of look that people do with uh, when they go off-roading and in his Subaru. And he's like, you know, a lot of people don't realize what you can really do with one of these. And they really are capable. Um. Subaru has something called X-Mode. The X-Mode, when engaged by a switch on the console, adjusts the engine output and transmission gear ratios to optimize the all-wheel drive system. In addition, the X-Mode activates a new hill control system to allow for more control when traveling downhill or snow and off uh, off off-road. It has an uphill button and a downhill button. It's pretty slick the way they have it set up. Um, Although I never really thought of Subaru as an off-road serious off-road vehicles, they can really do the job. For active folks who carry kayaks and bikes, um, the step-style door sills allow you to easily stand up when securing objects on the roof. It's funny, I was talking to an older woman who bought a Subaru Outback, and she didn't like it for that reason. I said, you know, they actually sort of design it kind of that way on purpose, both to stiffen up the body of the vehicle, but also give you a place to stand when you're, you know, putting stuff on the roof of the car. So, pretty handy for that. The power rear gate in this car, this is the, the fancy limited model, but it has a power uh, lift rear gate, but it's adjustable. So if you have a little small garage or you're a short stature person, you don't, it doesn't necessarily have to open all the way up. And you can uh, you don't have to jump up in the air to close it or have it worry about whacking in your garage door, which is kind of nice. Like I said, this latest Subaru is a little quieter, a little smoother. Um out on the highway, wind noise, just everything's pretty much muffled and you don't hear a thing. The interior of our Outback really shows, I think, the evolution of Subaru models. It wasn't that many years ago. I remember driving with uh, another auto rider in a Subaru, and he's like, yeah, it's not a bad car, but look at the cup holders are chintzy looking. The You know, there's things that just don't look good. And these new cars are 
you know, fit and finish is phenomenal. Uh, all the controls are simple and easy to use. The combination navigation infotainment system is fairly simple and it actually has buttons. It has a button for volume. It has a button to change the stations. Um, pretty sophisticated. This is a pretty sophisticated system. It has downloadable apps, navigation. Um, the touchscreen is nice and clear. Uh, just uh, just does does a nice job. I got some complaints a couple of years ago about the reflection off the navigation system that people found it blinding, and um, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything then, and I don't see. I didn't definitely see it at all, but we haven't seen a lot of sun in the last couple of days either. But the front seats are more comfortable and supportive than previous models. Again, just an overall refinement in the last couple of years with this car. Uh, somebody wrote to me the other day, and they have a Toyota Venza. They like the Venza a lot, but it's time to replace it. And since Toyota doesn't make the Venza anymore, they're like, well, you know, what can I replace it with? And my comment was, well, the Highlander is one way to replace it. Um, and you got to feel at home. The Highlander, Toyota Highlander controls are going to feel very similar. But put the specifications, go look on any of the websites, look at the specifications. And this guy, I think, was six feet four. I said, look at the specifications of your Venza. Compare it to the specifications of the Subaru Outback. And I think you'll find the latest Outback beats the Venza specification, not by much, but a half an inch here, three-tenths of an inch here, an inch and a half here. Uh, doesn't have quite the cargo space in the back, but he was more concerned about, can I put the seats down and put stuff in it when I need it, but will somebody six foot four be able to fit in it? Will I be comfortable? And I think the Outback is a, is a, a, good, a good replacement for the Venza. And plenty of cup holders, bins, cubbies to carry, all the stuff that we seem to need. Uh, like I said, safety is addressed with all kinds of features. The eyesight system, which lets you know when you're going off, uh, you know, crossing over the yellow line in the road or getting too close to the white line in the road. Automatic braking, airbags everywhere, adaptive cruise control. So you set the cruise control at 70, and if somebody pulls in front of you doing 55, the car just slows down by itself. Pre-collision braking, uh, vehicle lane departure, um, like I said, it warns you about all that stuff. The bottom line, the latest uh, Subaru Outback is certainly one of the best. The interior is high quality and functional. The exterior is contemporary and stylish. Although, although the Outback doesn't match some of the cargo capacity of other SUVs, it offers uh, good fuel economy, surprisingly good off-road ability, and a comfortable interior. It's no wonder why I, I joke with uh, somebody up in Maine all the time that the Subaru is like the the national bird of new england sometimes it's uh it's just a car that you know you just see a lot of here in new england other parts of the country not as much and i think a lot of it has to do with um how they fit new england lifestyle you can put a bike on the roof you can put kayaks on the roof you can uh, a former co-worker of mine bought the subaru because she had a uh two-part kayak she split it in half and she wanted to be able to fold the back seat down get her kayak all the way in close it up and then use it perfect car for that um just and it handles new england winters really really well like i said fuel economy you know 25 city 32 highway i've been getting right in the high 20s with it so far crash test five stars annual fuel cost you're going to spend about 1300 bucks on gas uh base price of our fancy model 32390 as tested 35,000. but you shop it against the uh maybe crv uh with the leather interior the high-end GMC Terrain, maybe a Mazda CX-3, maybe even the Toyota RAV4, anything in that 30000 30, But you can buy them much cheaper as well. So that's what got us here today. 
the uh, Subaru Outback. And Subaru is actually going to be the subject of our trivia question coming up. If you would like to join us, by the way, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And I'd, I'd like to talk to you today because I got a little bit of a cold. I um, I think I was getting it anyway, and I went to Chicago this week for essentially the day. I left on Tuesday, went out for a nighttime meeting. We'll call it a meeting. They called it, well, depends who's listening. It was a meeting, but it was really dinner. But we actually probably discussed more at that dinner than we did the next day. Uh, and then uh, and then the next day, we started around 7. Got, we were supposed to get done around 3.30, and then all of a sudden I looked around the room, and nobody seemed to be in a hurry to leave. Uh, that's because everyone's flights seemed to be delayed. The folks going back to Florida, their plane wasn't coming in until 7. It was supposed to be there at 6. My plane was supposed to leave at 6. It didn't leave till 8. So... And I think all of that and being in a hotel and um, and it was, uh, you know, a little bit of a cold starting. So if you want to give us a call at 617-770-3030, and you, you can do the talking for a while. I'd appreciate that. 617-770-3030. Uh, so I got an email from our folks at RepairPal, and some people say, well, RepairPal is a competitor to AAA. We're all in this to help people. We really are. Uh, but they wrote a note, when the season changed, so do road conditions with the autumn upon us. Um, writing to suggest a timely story that may help your car owners steer clear of hidden costs of seasonal auto repairs. The research and data science division of RepairPal, the nation's most popular auto repair estimator site. I thought I was the nation's most popular auto repair esti- estimator. Um, hybrids may be a smart investment. They provide... Uh, higher miles per gallon, but they also have uh, the most affordable average cost of repairs. The Nissan Altima Hybrid, Ford Fusion Hybrid, and Toyota Prius top of the list of most affordable cars to repair because they don't break that often. Uh, domestic is not always cheaper. One of the most expensive cars to repair is the American-made, despite its lower sticker price, Lincoln MKZ. I wonder if it's really American-made or made in Mexico. But it's made in Mexico. But, yeah, the most expensive Lincoln MKZ, followed by the Audi A4, followed by the Lexus IS250. Uh, my boss complained about the $50 cabin air filter in his. Uh, Volkswagen Jetta, which you think would be pretty inexpensive. Volkswagen Passat. German seems to ring something here. BMW 328. Mercedes. Uh, most affordable, Nissan Altima Hybrid, Ford Fusion Hybrid, Toyota Prius, Nissan Sentra, real simple car, Altima, Mazda CX-7, Mazda 6, uh, Hyundai Elantra, number 12 on the list, not bad, uh, Toyota Camry, number 22 on the list, and they looked at different repairs of the same part, and it went anywhere from $600 on the Altima to uh, $1,200 on the Camry. Let's see what Rick has to say. Let's see if he saves my voice for me. Rick? Well, sorry to disappoint you, but you're the number one in New England, not the United States. Oh, jeez. I can live with that. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you can. Well, the way, th- the way things are going, I'm going to be the only only uh, automotive guy. In the, uh, a friend of mine who's also the car doctor, Jim McPherson, down at WTIC in Connecticut, uh, told me that after 28 years, he's given up his program. Oh. So, yeah, so... So I, I, ha- I have to branch out. I have to, I have to see what uh, Salem Radio has for a station in Connecticut, you know. Either that or, you know, see if uh, Salem can uh, 
tell you to that station in Connecticut. Uh, there, you, there you go. There you go. Only, only his show's on Sunday, and I'm going to save. I'm going to save my Sundays for myself. But uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't blame you for that one at all. I like to save Sundays myself for just a day of. Uh, I'm crashing. Yeah. Or, or in the fall. Let, let me watch the Patriots. Get there you on. go. Watch watch the Patriots. Uh, I don't know. Go find some apple cider. Go do something. Yeah. Bake, bake uh, a pie. Uh, well, I I heard on the radio that the uh, Massachusetts is going to be adding things to their um, uh, car inspection system to try to avoid having the inspectors, you know, just do a quick job and leave out a few things and get people in and out and it didn't surprise me with the anti-business attitude of the state that uh, the cost is going to be on the garages and not on the um, the additional cost is going to be on the garages and not on the uh, people bringing their cars in for mandatory inspections mm. I I heard the same thing in fact I called I called the state to ask about that and they couldn't really talk about it because the contract hasn't really been finalized yet. Um, and they, they kind of led me down the path of where they were going. Uh, I thought everybody was pretty pretty happy with the company that runs the sticker program now in Massachusetts. They seem to be responsive when people call up, but I guess they didn't get the contract, contract renewal. We're actually going back... To you know, the rumor is, and it hasn't been verified, but the rumor is we're going back to the company that did the program... Before this one, which I didn't think a lot of people were all that wild about, but uh, but it looks like that may happen. But yeah, they're talking about putting five cameras in every shop that does inspection. So yeah. they they one of the things they want to make sure is the person whose license whose license do the inspection is going to do it because in a lot of cases, and I know this is a fact, a lot of cases what people do is they you know leave their license right on the sticker machine and you know. You know, Jim, the tire changer guy, comes over, grabs the license, does the inspection when, in fact, he may have not been fully trained. So that's one of the things they want to do. But you're right. They also want to make sure nobody's cutting corners. But as part of that, I, I've heard about a $5,000 initial investment plus the extra cost that's going to go into that is going to come right out of the sticker price, which you know what that means. In a, in a year or so, they'll raise the price of a sticker from 35 to 40 bucks to cover the cost. Yeah, well, the, also, what, what I heard is that it's going to be more than five thousand dollars, and and you know who knows we'll mm. we'll, we'll find out yeah. down the road. But um, yeah, to me, it seems like you know, okay, you know, um, we, we didn't want to upset the voters, so we'll just you know, um, you know, you know, make the businesses pay the um, the uh, extra cost in that, and uh, the fewer shops will be. We'll say heck with it. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and, you, and you might be right because what happens, the state of Massachusetts caps how many places can do inspection. And they yeah. do it for a reason because they want to make it lucrative for the people that are in it. So they don't put on, you know, a, a, you know, they don't go more than, and I'm making up the number, a couple thousand inspection stations. Yeah. And, you know, this way maybe they're going to have some people that are going to drop out and people that have been on this list for 10 years waiting for a license to open up. You know, maybe they're going to say, hey, you know, I'm willing to do this. You know, there's, there's, I've been kind of in this business for a long time. And, and the old inspection system, the one we had when we first started doing tailpipe inspections, I don't know, we'll say 15% of the cars failed for a sticker. 
Still today, 15% of the cars fail for sticker. So it isn't like there's been a huge, you know, with more sophistication. And even when they had, you know, they had everybody put dynamometers in the car. And I said, I remember sitting at a meeting with uh, a guy, Howie Ferris, and I looked at him and how he ran the automotive program at Mass Bay Community College. And I looked at him and I said, this is stupid. In a couple years, everybody will have OBD2 connectors under the dash. We're putting in all this stuff. And in a few years, we're going to have everybody take it all back out again, and we're just going to connect into the underdash connector. And a few years later, when that finally happened, he looked at me and said, well, you was, you hit that one right on the head. Um, and it's not, you know, you look at this and you're like, you know, the safety part of it, you know, I, I don't want somebody driving down the street with a bad ball joint or, you know, ball tires. I looked at somebody's car the other day as I walked by. And it had two ball tires on it and two car seats in the back of it. And I'm like, here's, here's somebody driving around with two kids in their car, I guess, and completely ball tires to one of the tires to the point you could see the cord in the tires. And I'm like, you know, that's the person that needs to go get an inspection sticker and needs to make sure their car is in good shape. Um, but, you know, they, you know, did, you know, have those tires worn that much in nine months since they got an inspection sticker? Maybe. You know, so, you know, the whole program, as much as part of me likes it, Part of me doesn't, and, you know, every time I hear about somebody who says, uh, oh, they told me I had to replace my license plate because it was green and white, well, there's nothing wrong with the green and white license plate as long as you can read it. Uh, there's, you know, somebody else said to me, uh, you know, they made me replace the headlights in my car because of one reason or another, and, you know, and, you know, there, there's a lot of miscommunication in the whole program, so I don't know, I, I don't think, I, I don't know that we should be one of those states that has no inspection program. But, you know, adding systems to the program because we think people are cheating, I don't think is such a great idea. I would rather have, I would rather say, okay, we know this shop is cheating. Let's make them put the cameras in. And in that case, they have to pay the extra cost. And because you get caught cheating. That, to me, makes more sense. Uh, I would, uh, myself, I'd rather see that the state would have... Um would have a bunch of cars and they would, you know, go to um, a certain garage yep. and they would deliberately tweak something so that it, it would fail. Yep. Something minor, like, you know, um, a headlight that's out of alignment or, mm-hmm. um, you know, a crack, you know, that. And, and then they go to a shop and, okay, you know, whether they get a pass or fail, and at that point, you know, okay, you screwed up, you know, you, you, you get a... Uh, Apply for failure, failure to do mm. whatever, and that, and then um, you know, stuff like that because uh, it's you know, yeah, no, no, it you know, it's those, and they they kind of do have that, but I think there's only one or two people that do it, and they also do things like driving school inspections. So you know, they don't they don't have enough staff to do that. I mean, just recently there was something in the paper about. Um, uh, the guys, I think, were from Brockton, but their shop wasn't, and they were actually counterfeiting stickers. Yeah. They actually had a, they actually had an inspection station, but they were putting on counterfeit stickers, which I don't understand. You know, I guess you know you don't you don't take the stickers out of inventory, so every sticker you make thirty five on instead of twenty or whatever it is. Yeah. But um, you know, it's um, I don't know the the whole system. The whole system. It sounds. You know, like I said, I'm not. I've always said this for years. I'm not a. I'm not a political guy. I'm not a government guy. But to me, it seems like it needs a little bit of work. Yeah. Well, um, 
he got a cold and so have I and you know so my plans are changed for the today and uh I'd like to get somebody else but maybe they'll talk more than me. Okay. All right, thanks Rick. That's right. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Let's go over to uh, line three. Let's talk to George. Remember, if you want to join us, 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We have a line open for you. Hey, George. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. I wanted to make a comment. I heard you were talking about uh, Jim McPherson. Oh, yeah. Um, um, you know, being right here in Hartford, I've been listening to him since day one. And to tell the truth, when I heard he's retiring, I was kind of sad. Yeah, well, uh, everybody's sad except his wife. <laughs> I don't think Paul is sad, but uh, but he's still going to do the, he's still going to do the articles in the newspaper. But the last time I talked to him, which was about a month ago, he said he talked to the folks at the radio station and said he was uh, he was uh, giving it up. So yeah, this Sunday is his last uh, airing. He, uh, he said. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it was this Sunday or next Sunday, but yeah. Yeah, and if you want, um, I don't know if you want me to tell you the station that it that it is. Oh, it's WTIC. It's it's uh, AM 10... 1080. 1080, yep. Yep. Now, no, it is, he's on Sundays at noon, right? Correct. Yep. No, I've known Jimmy for, I don't know, must be 25 or 30 years. Yeah, I met him once or twice. He's a real nice guy. Yeah, he's, he's one of the most... Uh, Articulate, you know, educated guys. Every time he, every time he talks, I'm like, I wish I could talk like him. Yeah. <laughs> he's got that. He's got that sort of old school college professor sort of tone to his voice. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he's uh, and he's uh, he's uh, you know he's a little little you know a little bit of a car guy. You know, uh, Warren Tracy was talking about. You know, he had a Porsche 912 that he's restoring. Uh, Jimmy was the last last I knew. He was still working on his. It was his. It was his brother's from California, and it was a daily driver, but a 912, kind of an interesting car. But it had a 100,000 or more miles on it, and he'd been working on that a little bit in the garage. He, he actually added double the size of his garage at his house so he could, so he could tinker around with his car. He's, uh, he always, he's one of those guys that manages to make everything last a really long time, and, uh, yeah. you know, good for, good for him. I think 20, 27, 28 years doing the program, so, you know. That's amazing. Yeah, no, really, really is, and to be there for for that long, he uh, he's um, I met him through kind of this business, but he also uh, works for AAA down in Connecticut, uh, yep. teaching teaching kids how to drive. Correct. Yeah, no, good guy. I was um, wondering if I could ask a question. Abs- absolutely. Uh, my wife has a 2008 Camry. Yep. It's 113,000. I know you have to replace the plugs at 120. Uh, my question to you is, because it's a real pain to get to those uh, last three yep. spark plugs, should the coil, you know, the coil packs be changed at that point so in case they fail, I don't have to go through this labor all over again? I, you know, the, I don't, I wouldn't. I mean, if it was my car, I, I don't think I would. I mean, it's the... I mean, that's always something you kind of look at. You're like, you know, should, you know, it's so much work trying to get to these. Should, should I replace them? Is it, is it worth it? I mean, they've, they've had some, they've had some coil problems on these cars to start off with, which, um, which doesn't, which, you know, you look at that, but you like it 90, 90 bucks a piece. I don't know that I would you know, automatically jump and say, hey, you know, I'm going to do these three anyway and spend another $300. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, I don't think I would. 
Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, it's not it's not the easiest thing to do. You know, you gotta you gotta go through a fair amount of work to to you know move the you know you know move part of the windshield cowl away. You know, get uh, you know uh, move the windshield wipers stuff to one side. You know, and and move everything around to get to it. Um, you know, it's not it's it's not a fun job to do. But I don't know that I would spend ninety bucks a piece for coils. And I don't know. This is one of those cases where I'd be a little timid about buying an aftermarket coil. Uh, because I'd be worried that, you know, it's not as good as the one I'm taking out at 100,000 miles. Right. If I, well, if I was going to do it, I'd want to use the genuine thing. Right, right. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think I'd spend the money. But that's, but that's me being cheap. Okay, well, I'm the same way, so thank you so much. All right. Take care, George. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Yeah, the, uh, even though, uh, like I said, last Saturday I was doing, uh, I had uh, a guy starting to put a roof on my little house at home and so that I stayed home just because first off I'm not used to somebody else doing stuff I'm I'm kind of usually do it so I'm kind of so I said what can I do to stay out of his way and not go hey do you need me to do this do you need me to do that and I looked at I looked at the Hyundai and the the Hyundai the last time I drove it out in the highway there's a little bit of a there was a little bit of a uh, vibration when I stepped on the brakes so I said well this is a good time to check the rear brakes and and, and, you know, as things like, you know, all things are connected together, worked out fine. The rear brakes were done. They were they were to the point where they needed to be replaced a week before that. And so just out of cost and convenience to a certain amount, you know, I, go, I said, I'm going to put rotors pads on. Went to the part. Of course, I went to the parts stores, told them what I wanted, came home. Did they fit? Nope. Went back to the parts store. And uh, said no, we didn't even come close. So brought them back, and and I, and they were fine, and you know, good quality product. So, uh, so they were fine. And uh, but we need to take a quick break, Bob. Stay right there. We'll get to you in just a couple of minutes. If you would like to join us, we have a couple phone lines open at 617-770-3030. And we are going to do trivia when we come back, too. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or AM 1260 WBIX. Hill School, Dexter Southfield, Boston Latin School. Behind me is a partial list of top quality schools in our area, and all of these schools, all of them, are made even better by graduates of South Boston Catholic Academy. 
South Boston Catholic Academy is a special place where a faith-based education thrives, where vibrant learning and academic excellence are the norm. High student expectations, enviable teacher qualifications, strong 21st century technology, and Boston is our extended classroom. At South Boston Catholic Academy, our Catholic faith is a key component of our understanding of optimal child development. Our emphasis is on creating moral citizens, building community, embracing the idea of service to others, and developing leadership skills. Father Robert Casey and Principal Nancy Carr work closely to ensure that all faiths feel welcome for the absolute best for your child. Learn much more at sbcatholicacademy.org. This is Pat Ryan, and it's one of my most favorite times of the year when we get to treat you, our pastors, our unsung heroes, to our annual Pastors Appreciation Lunch. This year, Jim Daly of Focus on the Family will be our keynote speaker. So kindly go on to WEZE or WROLradio.com and RSVP to attend this year's Pastors Appreciation Luncheon. It's happening on Friday, October 7th at 1030 at Lombardo's and Randolph. That's Friday, October 7th at 1030 at Lombardo's and Randolph. Don't miss out. RSVP today at WEZE or WROLradio.com. And if you'd like to support this effort along with us and be a sponsor, call me direct, Pat Ryan at 617-691-2521. Roxbury Latin School, Belmont Hills School, Dexter Southfield, Boston Latin School. Behind me is a partial list of top quality schools in our area and all of these schools, all of them are made even better by graduates of South Boston Catholic Academy. South Boston Catholic Academy is a special place where a faith-based education thrives, where vibrant learning and academic excellence are the norm. High student expectations, enviable teacher qualifications, strong 21st century technology, and Boston is our extended classroom. At South Boston Catholic Academy, our Catholic faith is a key component of our understanding of optimal child development. Our emphasis is on creating moral citizens, building community, embracing the idea of service to others, and developing Developing leadership skills. Father Robert Casey and Principal Nancy Carr work closely to ensure that all faiths feel welcome for the absolute best for your child. Learn much more at sbcatholicacademy.org. WROL Boston. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. If you'd like to join us, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Bob, who's been very patient. Robert. Good morning, John. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, I talked to you six or seven months ago, and one of the things I asked you about was the run-flat tire yep. on an 06 Honda Odyssey. And um, so it just failed inspection because of dry age cracks on the sidewall. Wow. And what, I well, anyway, I was a little, my wife took it, and I would have. And 
doesn't make any difference. But anyway, so I called the Honda place, and they were nice enough to get back to me and to replace four tires. It's $1,540 and $100 for a lineup. So you're talking $1,700. So anyway, I talked to Honda America, and they told me they think any other run-flat tire should fit on there, but they can't guarantee it. Uh, I talked to the local Firestone tire guy yep. down here, and what he told me was they don't even have a machine that can... I guess those tires are... Yeah, running. they require a special machine. What... What... Um what year is it? You said 06? 06, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, yeah, I know, like, the folks at Sullivan Tire, for instance, I was talking to them about it, and they have, they have like, six machines, but they're sort of scattered around oh. for, for, just, for just that reason, because they're such, you know, there's, there's such a, you know, yeah. such an odd thing. And they have, they actually have something, they're, I, they're called PAX tires, P-A-X. Yeah, what does that stand for, John? I can't get a, a, a good explanation to me uh, about what that is. It's just, it's, I, I, be honest, I don't know, I don't remember exactly what it stands for, but I know it's, uh, I know it's a tire that is, uh, it's made by Michelin, it's, it's, the, it's that design, and even if you went to, um, you know, even if you went to, like, someplace, like a huge place, like Tire Rack, yeah. you know, that has tires for everything, yeah. they don't have tires for that. Yeah, yeah, it's a special Michelin tire that goes along with it, and uh, you know it's one of those things that I really think, in my humble opinion, Honda should actually be paying for part of these tires. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I almost, I, I almost fell over when she and she told me when she called me back from Honda, uh, a local Honda dealer. She said, "You're not going to like me after I tell you this." And mm. I said to her, "You're right. I mean, sixteen hundred dollars to replace all the tires." Yeah. Let me ask you this, John. The, the Firestone dealer told me he does have a, I wrote it down here somewhere, an, oh, a Bridgestone drive good. It isn't um, a run-flat tire, but he said, I, I don't know if they would accept that on that rim. Yeah, I don't think, I don't. I think there's a compatibility issue with the rim. Wow. I think, you know, the only other way is you replace the wheels and tires together, and then all of a sudden now you're doing it. It's not a run flat, and now you don't have a spare. So, know, you know, know, so you're sort of stuck in the same position is, you know, where where am I? Yeah. Um, you know, for I, I know that I know Sullivan Tire at least did have the PAX machine. Yeah. So uh, I would I would maybe give them, you know, give them a call and see and see if yeah. they have it and, you know, see if they're a little bit cheaper than the dealer. Yeah, I will definitely call them. And I, I know I talked to you. This was my other question. Um, if you have time. Sure. Um, on the same car, um, they did tell me that the, um, oh, God, the chain, not the dirt. The oh, time, the timing belt? Time, thank you. Yep. The timing belt is, uh, you know, uh, age-wise, it should be done. So, you know, I agree with them. And um, and I know I told you that they gave me a rough estimate to to do it. It was like $1,200. And we never got to the point, you and I, as far as talking price from my regular mechanic. But I know you said that that was expensive. And you told me also, I believe the tensioner and water pump was that right? To uh, those are those are really good things to replace. Um, okay. At least to look at the tensioner is important because if you if the tensioner is a little bit worn, um, you can run into some serious problems. But you're looking at you're looking at about four hours labor mm -hmm. if you don't do the water pump. So you know, the average shop time. You know, for easy math, a hundred bucks. The deal is probably a hundred and forty. Yeah. Um, so you know, there's four to 
four to six hundred dollars right there. The belt itself is pretty cheap. The belt's only seventy five dollars. Um, I don't know how much the tensioner costs. Probably a hundred bucks. So, but I mean, still, you're you know, you're getting you're closing in on nine hundred dollars without doing the water pump. So, um, it's it's um, you know you, you want to you know it's one of those things that if you're gonna if you're gonna decide to put the money for the tires on and yeah you know in that way you know that you can drive it trouble free for another 10 years um how much would how much extra over and above say the 900 would it be to uh, put a water pump in um you know the water pump itself you know there's a little bit there's a little bit more labor involved and i think it's um you know, the, a, a factory pump is $140, $160, something like wow. that. So, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, so, but it's really going to depend on when they look at it. How many miles are on this? Uh, only 68,000. Oh. I'll tell you, John, it looks brand new. We bought yeah. it off neighbors used. They gave us a good price on it, and the car is loaded. We absolutely love it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I said to the woman, I feel like, the, the Honda woman. I feel like just trading the car in. We love the car. Yeah. But it's... I yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you kind of look at, you know, if you were going to trade it in, what would you get for a trade in? Yeah. To keep it, say, you know, look at worst case scenario. To keep it, you're going to spend $3,000. Yeah. You know, and for $3,000, can you drive it pretty trouble free for the next, you know, five, six, seven, ten years? Yeah, probably. I would think so because yeah. the thing I don't think I've ever driven a more solid car than this, John. It's yep. unbelievable. So yeah. Well, you, you've helped me out a lot. You, okay. You, you've my <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Take care, Bob. Yeah. You bye too. bye. Thanks a lot. John. All right. Bye now. Let's go over to line three to Paul. Hey, Paul. Hi, hey, John. Paul. How are I'm, you? I'm good. Well, I'm could be better, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all right. Another complaint today. I guess maybe it's the rain. Yeah. Another complaint. So is it so is it feet of cold and starve a fever or the other way around? It's feet of cold and, and starve a fever, I guess. Unless okay. You're hung, unless you're hungry. That yeah. Well, I had some donuts. I had some donuts this morning. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know. They were they were healthy donuts. They had coconut on them. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they'll you know well, coconut's supposed to be good for you. Yeah. That's what. That's coconut why I went with them. Is you know it's the old Woody Allen movie. Oh, I forgot what it was. He wakes. You know he sort of ripped. Van Winkle and wakes up yeah. 20 years later. Everything that was bad for him was now good. Yeah, same so, idea. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's probably the, the case. Um, you were talking about uh, uh, the annual inspection for cars, and mm-hmm. uh, the other thing that that uh, kind of bugs me is is uh, uh, with automobiles is the uh, excise tax, which uh, I guess was yeah. Try to figure out how that's calculated. Well, yeah. I don't, well, I just went online to try to read it, and it, it's easy to to uh, you know. It's 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 it, it it reads it reads online like a like an eleventh grade math test. Yeah, probably. well, the the dirty little secret is no matter how old your car is, for tax purposes, and that's what this is. It, your car value never in Massachusetts it goes below the level of twenty five hundred dollars. Right. So I mean, you're going to be taxed on twenty five hundred dollars, whether your car is worth twenty five dollars or, or you know yeah. more or less. Um, but the it was instituted, I think, in World War One or after World War One to help pay for the war. And I always thought the excise is uh, the idea of an excise was on uh, an extra something extra that you maybe didn't need a luxury. It's a luxury tax. Well, so isn't it sort of like the you know the tax going over the Tobin Bridge, the toll going over the bridge? That right. there, you know, that was only going to be there till the bridge was done, paid yeah. for. Yeah, of course it was. 
never done, <laughs> never, never finished. The, uh, uh, but you know, a hundred years later, cars are not a luxury; they're a necessity. Yeah. And I mean, to you know, I, I think, oh, a couple of years ago, I think, um, oh, Jerry Williams was still around. He he um, tried to get a group together to uh, put the excise tax on the ballot to mm. see whether we could uh, remove it. And, of course, there were screams from all the cities and towns. And the other little thing about it, um, that money supposedly goes right to whatever city or town you live in. And if you move, you get a rebate on, on what you paid if you're no, no longer living in that city mm. or town. I moved, tried to collect it, and it was... I just got babble from, from the... Uh, town people yeah. trying I mean it was it was just pennies it was really the principle of the thing that um, to, to try to get I you know yeah oh well, I I'll, I'll tell you a little story when my wife my wife's previous car when they when it got registered somewhere along the line they made a mistake and 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 for registration purposes not on her registration but for registration purposes somewhere we lived in Rockport and so we didn't think anything of it. We got the, you know, the, the registry said, well, the easy way to do it, just do a change of address from Rockport to where we live, and everything's fine. Until we got an excise tax bill from Rockport. Mm. And I'm like, well, we never really lived in Rockport. And they said, well, yeah, no, you lived at, uh, you know, 331, you know, something Avenue. I'm like, no, 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 that was a mistake. We've lived in the same house for 40 years. And they're like, well, you owe us an excise tax. I'm like, but we don't live there. Hmm. Well, our records show you live here. And I'm like, but we don't. So um, we went back and forth, back, and they finally they finally got it sort of figured out. And, and what was nice about a little town like Rockport is I called up and I said, you know, can I just talk to somebody who can actually just go into the, you know, computer and just delete me? Hmm. And, fi- and they said, yeah, hang on. No, she's at lunch, but she'll be back at 1 o'clock. And I explained the story to her, and she said, yeah, just send, just... Uh, Email me or fax me the information. I did that, and she took care of it right away. But I could, I could, you know, if it was a big city like Boston or Quincy or Worcester, I'd still be paying. I'd still be paying excise tax. I don't think I could ever have got it fixed. Yeah, and the, and the terrible thing about it is that if, if allegedly you don't pay it, they can take your license. Away. Yeah, yeah, they can do really bad things. You're right. I mean, and, and you know, a car is not a luxury anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. so I hope there's a group, and I don't know how I'd start myself. To really put this on the ballot to you know uh, to to uh, remove the excise tax, it, you know how many times do people think, gee, you know I really could, I, I really would like to buy a new car, but gee, my car is seven, eight, nine years old. The excise tax is really low. If I buy a new car, I'm going to be paying a couple hundred dollars a year for a while until the the value goes down. So I mean that really slows down the sale of new car business. You would think that the car dealers would be the first in line to get this on the ballot, just. So that that would be one less obstacle that they'd have. Yeah, to, uh, no, you never. I don't know. I don't, you know like I said, this is this is why I let politics and politicians do what yeah. they do, and because I, I I know I I it just gives me a headache. Do you what, just on on you mentioned regist- car registration? I just had I just paid the bill to for, for my new registration, and they, it went up from seventy five to one hundred dollars. Is that uh, uh, I've got a I've got a five number plate that's been in the family. Yep. Eighty years, probably. Yep. Uh, is that why? Because it's a reserve. Yeah. You know? Yep. Uh, yeah, because I don't think regular plates went up. 
Yeah, I think it was just oh, okay. a yeah. reserve vanity plate, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess it, uh, yeah. it's, it's, I guess you can call it a vanity plate, but it. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it's I know. A family right. heritage plate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, it, go it, ahead, real quick. Uh, oh. what, I'm sorry, just uh, one, one yeah. final. One yeah, final, go ahead. One final suggestion, and uh, you were talking about um, uh, accessories on cars. Uh, can, it, can you tell me why no com- car company has ever designed uh, something that would automatically turn off your blinker? Uh, after and then ten or fifteen minutes, if if it detects you not turning, yeah, yeah, I, I I don't know, I don't know, but Buick used to Buick used to have a long, uh, loud gong that went off, which I mean, it really sounded the first time I was ever in it, and I took a sweeping turn that the turn signal didn't shut off after about thirty seconds, and all of a sudden I I thought it was a big Chinese gong was in the back seat. I'm like, what the heck's that? And I looked down, I'm like, oh yeah, the turn signal's still on. Because I mean, yeah. that really drives you crazy. Oh yeah. Yep. And you have automatic wipers or intermittent wipers. Yep. Like, no, you got headlights that come on automatically, wipers that come on automatically. Why you can't get a turn signal to shut off? But I guess we got to leave. You know, we got to leave some of the driving to us. You know. I guess so. It must be the rainy day. Yeah. So, you know, okay, Paul. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye bye. We need to take a quick break. Uh, Michael, stay right there. We will be with you in just a minute. And Paul Sullivan sauntered into the studio. It was sauntering. It was definitely sauntering. We'll be right back. Tire and Auto Service is proud to be New England's tire headquarters. And as the seasons change, now's the perfect time to stop in for tremendous tire deals. Now through October 3rd, save big on all Goodyear and Kelly tires in stock. Plus, save up to an additional $120 with mail-in rebate. And at Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, we'll keep your vehicle running right all season long. Stop in for our thorough factory-scheduled maintenance check. Our ASC-certified technicians will do it all. Engine diagnostics, transmissions, brakes, batteries, steering and suspension, exhaust systems, wiper blades, winterizing, and much more. Now through October 3rd, your chance to save big on all Goodyear and Kelly tires. Just in time for the upcoming fall season. For details, see SullivanTire.com. Hi, this is Paul Sullivan of Sullivan Tire. You won't find a better place to buy tires in New England, and we will not be beat on price. Thank you. Peace of mind driving. You deserve it. We provide it. Sullivan Tire. One, two, three, four. At City of Boston Credit Union, they believe paying for college shouldn't be as hard as going to college. So they're making it easier with a range of local education financing options designed to meet the needs of students and parents. And because they're member-owned, they treat people how they want to be treated, like people, not credit scores. City of Boston Credit Union, uniquely Boston. Visit cityofbostoncu.com to learn more or to apply. Equal opportunity lender, all loans subject to credit approval. 
Honda Cars of Boston is Greater Boston's neighborhood Honda dealer with over 800 new Hondas available to choose from. Just five minutes from Boston on Route 99 in Everett, our beautiful new showroom makes your Honda Cars of Boston experience even better. Visit online at hondacarsofboston.com and see all of our tremendous purchase, lease, finance, and certified pre-owned specials. Honda Cars of Boston on Route 99 in Everett is the place for great buys from the Honda guys. Give them a call at 1-800-65-HONDA. Roxbury Latin School, Belmont Hills School, Dexter Southfield, Boston Latin School. Behind me is a partial list of top quality schools in our area, and all of these schools, all of them, are made even better by graduates of South Boston Catholic Academy. South Boston Catholic Academy is a special place where a faith-based education thrives, where vibrant learning and academic excellence are the norm. High student expectations, enviable teacher qualifications, strong 21st century technology, and Boston is our extended classroom. At South Boston Catholic Academy, our Catholic faith is a key component of our understanding of optimal child development. Our emphasis is on creating moral citizens, building community, embracing the idea of service to others, and developing Developing leadership skills. Father Robert Casey and Principal Nancy Carr work closely to ensure that all faiths feel welcome for the absolute best for your child. Learn much more at sbcatholicacademy.org. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program. We'll we'll try to rush trivia a little bit. Uh, Mike, stay right there. We'll be with you in just a second. Uh, we talked about the Subaru Outback that got me here today. What was the first Subaru in the United States? What was the model, the first Subaru in the United States? If you know the answer to that, give us a call at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. If you know what the model of the first Subaru sold in the United States was, we will give you Jason Vine's book, The Last American CEO. Let's go to Mike on line one. Michael. Yes, good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, I know the answer, but I'm not going to do it because right. recently. Uh, here's my two comments. Number one is I'm 99.9% sure that the ballot to repeal the excise tax was on the ballot about a dozen years ago. Was it? And the people of Massachusetts, in their infinite wisdom, and because the woe be me by all the towns, didn't pass it. And somebody can double check my fact on that. Yeah. Part, but I'm pretty sure. My second comment is on the fellow with the no flat tires. I had a Q45, same thing. Tire went bad. Mm -hmm. Couldn't find one, didn't do it. Took it up to NTB. I said, put four Michelins on it. Yep. That afternoon, they put four Michelins on it. No problem. Through it. And today, you know, I haven't personally had a flat tire. I'm a salesman. I can't tell you when the last time I had yeah. a flat tire. And what you do is you throw a can whatever all the manufacturers yeah. do. You throw a can around yeah. flat tire. Yeah, that works. Tire. That works until you catch a curb or a pothole and put a hole, and then you call AAA. But, you call AAA. Yeah, but, 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 but the odds. Yeah, the but odds. the, uh, well, 
my odds weren't that good last year. But I've anyway, but but yeah, the ones on the Odyssey though are actually they're a specially designed tire for that car for that wheel, and it's actually a, it's a really it's a it's a it was a wheel made for that van. I don't know what Honda was thinking when they did it. It reminds me of. Um, Back, I don't know, 30 years ago, uh, Ford had a Thunderbird with these special wheels, and they were actually a metric size, and they were sort of somewhere between 15 and 16-inch wheels. They were, I don't know, a 390-millimeter wheel, and you couldn't, the only tire you could put on is this 390-millimeter tire, and, you know, what ended up happening, everybody ended up buying aftermarket wheels because they couldn't find, there was only one manufacturer of those tires, and that's what Michelin did with this, and it was, you know, a stupid idea. Yeah. Well, I think for other people, maybe that have it. That's what I did. It yeah. worked out perfectly. Yeah. No. For for other run flats, you you have a BMW three series with run flats, or you you have uh, you know something else with run flats on it. Um, you know, go. You know, take the chance. You're not going to get a flat, and uh, deal with it from there. That's. I would do the same thing. I mean, tires are so good these days. I mean, it's just unbelievable compared to what we used to go through. Mm-hmm. I mean, they almost the steel belted radio. They almost put themselves out of business. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you know, you know why they used to say "kick the tires." You know where that expression came from? No, no. Because the sidewalls of tires were so poor that they would actually some of them they actually covered up the defect in the tire with with uh, lamp black. So from, you know, old kerosene lamps, it'd cover up the tire. And a used car, you'd go over and you'd kick the tire, and you could literally cause the tire to fail by kicking it. Was that on the old uh, pre-radial tires? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was back, it was back in, uh, you know, very few listeners probably, pr- probably can attest to that. But, yeah, 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 well, but I know a bunch of old stupid stuff, so that's okay. why I know. <laughs> Me too. Thanks for the thing. All right, take call. care. Bye-bye now. Let's go to line two. Good morning, you're on the Car Doctor program. Hello. Hello. JP. Yes, sir. Oh, I hope you're feeling better soon. I uh, so do I. Yeah. Um Well, I'm not certain. I remember what the old Subarus look like. But before I say what I um, maybe I should just let somebody else do this. I have a copy of that book anyway. Oh, you do? Yeah, it's very good. I um I uh, won last week. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I really appreciate the. Uh, that was a very nice gift. You know the 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 four gauge. Um, jumper oh, the cables. jumper cables yeah, in the real, yeah. Nice twenty foot long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. nice. Yeah. But I think I know the answer to the Subaru. Um, I, I remember what they looked like. They look. It kind of reminded me of. Uh, you know, I remember somebody who had one. Was it the GL? It was not. Uh-huh. It was not. All right. All right. Goes back All right. All right. Thanks, Kirk. Okay. All right. Take care. Let's see. Let's try another guess. Go ahead. Go Hi. ahead. Hi, John. Yes, sir. Do we have a good connection? We do. Okay. Yeah, I know the answer to that because I have the car, the Subaru 360. You are absolutely right. How'd you know that? And I had the van. Wow. I had the van and the car. There was a Subaru 360 van, which was so scarce. You got a better chance of seeing Elvis Presley sitting at the Boston Guide next week than seeing one of those cars next week. Well, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, that was uh, that had a little 25 horsepower two-stroke engine, and they called it a 360 because it was 358 cc's. It had gravity speed, no fuel pump. It was a two-stroke engine. You had to put the oil into it, mix the oil, with the gas, and it was about six bucks to fill up the tank at that time. And I'd go off, you know, a couple hundred miles on that, and uh, it, it wasn't. It buzzed like a little, you know, like a Take mixer kind of sound like when you're driving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it really. It, 
They should make a kit. Somebody should build a kit of all those old-time cars, and you can build it up. We'll build one up again. Yeah, no, you know, uh, it's zero at the uh, Subaru 360. The stat I have here says zero to fifty in thirty-seven seconds. Yeah, that's about what it did. Yeah, that was all right. Fast and I could run. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true, and it got and it got sixty miles to the gallon. It did, yeah. But I wish they would build a kit. Somebody out there, I wish they would do reproductions of all these old cars and bring them back again. All right. Well, we'll we'll put that suggestion out. Stay right there, Cameron. We'll get your name and address, and we'll send you, you. we'll send you Jason Vine's book. Oh, thank you. All right. And uh, why don't we talk to Paul Sullivan? Hey, um, I picture of that three sixty here. It looks like a um, it looks like a, a, a Volkswagen Bug collided with a platypus. In, in the uh, it uh, yeah, it's not it's not an attractive looking car. No, not even for those times. <laughs> And what's the deal with the window? It looks like it's an accordion. You any, can you see that? No, I can't. No. Yeah. It looks like it, instead of, you know, one uh, window that cranks up horizontally, yeah. it looks like no. it pulls apart like... No, uh, in, in 1967, uh, Malcolm Bricklin yeah. imported Subarus to the United States. Mm-hmm. And many, many years ago, I had Malcolm Bricklin on my radio show. Okay. And he actually has one of these cars, or he did. He lived out in goofy Southern California somewhere. And he had one of these cars on the roof of his house. Of course. Of course, yeah. He he then invented his own car, the Mal- the Brooklyn safety car, which was a it was safe, but it was horrible. It was very futuristic, very DeLorean looking. And then he then he tried to win he it was this had to be the late eighties. He came up with an electric bicycle and his only claim to fame was that he got it on Baywatch. <laughs> but he sold like three of them. Was 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 he um, himself on Baywatch? Too? I don't believe he was. No, I don't believe. What, good, I, what good did that? Yeah, happen? yeah. But he uh, that was uh, apparently I don't know Pam Anderson or somebody rode the bicycle on Baywatch. Is, oh, wait a second, is Karen listening? Uh, no, she, she even know what yeah. Baywatch is. I, I mean, I I don't. it's geezer. We're we're you know evolving into geezerville again. Yeah, you know. Well, Baywatch. you know, if it wasn't for TV, you know, TV channels like Antenna TV and my TV, nobody would ever know about. Well, them. I saw a commercial the other day with. Um, Oh, what's his name? Oh, Eric uh, Estrada oh, yeah. on it. And he comes on. His first line is like, I'm way over the hill or something <laughs> like you know, like that. And, uh, Does he know, sell a prostate medication I, or something? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'll look it up. But uh, it was funny. I'll, you know, I'm not, or I'm not a sex symbol anymore or something yeah. like that. And he definitely said not. Well, if, well he, was sell, he was selling all that uh, real estate down in Florida at one time. Oh, no, I like, remember that. Yeah, yeah. he's like, I loved it so much, I bought a piece. Yeah. Or I live here. And he's like... And, well, that wasn't exactly true. Apparently, right, no, they I mean, gave him they gave him a house, but yeah. uh, you could buy uh, a city for forty four dollars a night. Well, that was that was at it was that section of Florida that just someone put a bulldozer through the middle of it and right. started to build house lots, and half of them got done and half of them didn't. And mm-hmm. you know, the building boom. All of a sudden, they started to pick up again. But it was some guy who owned a giant insecticide company or something. So. Which I guess works out well. And it wasn't Malcolm Bricklin. It wasn't Malcolm Bricklin. <laughs> All right, good. it wasn't Malcolm. Hey, it's almost another minute or so, and I got to go. But what you got going on on this? Well, I'm sorry, you don't rainy. feel so good. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's changed the weather. It's the season. The days are getting no. I, I don't know. How do you? How do you with Chicago. the in that in that germ factory you work in? Mm-hmm. How do you not get sick? Who says I don't get sick? All right. Yeah. No, we get sick all the time. Do you? Is that yeah. what it is? It's, yeah. The first year teachers generally catch some, some kind of pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> but it, this but, is pretty standard for me that, you know, all the kids go back to school. Mm-hmm. They give it all to their parents. Yep. Their parents all come to work. Yep. And somehow I get it. And, you know, one of the phenomena now, the recent phenomena, is that um, 
the parents have to work. Yeah. You know, and um, so the kids come to school when otherwise... They would be home. Right. They should be home. Oh, I hear parents all the time. Oh, I gave my kid a Benadryl and sent him to school. Well, that happened the other day. We got, uh, you know, some of the purple... Yeah, it was Benadryl. I gave him some of that purple stuff and, uh, you know, I sent him along. And we take his temperature. It's like... (laughs) It's like the stock market is way up. Um, and then we call mom and have her have to come yeah. know, where she could have saved, you know, a yeah. little bit of a trip. But I, I get that the people have to work. But, you know, the kids, they, when they're sick, they make other kids. Yeah, sick. yeah. So, which is, you know, what everybody and teachers. Which is what everybody says about me. And they're like, why don't you ever take a sick day? And I said, I took one once last year. That's good, though. Last year. And, That's fine. I wish I could yeah. do that. I can't. And, and I took one before that in 1989. you the Cal Ripken of the automotive I, I, uh, I just, I just don't. I, uh, my problem is I think I like staying home. And uh, and if I if I stayed out sick two days, I probably wouldn't come back. Well, uh, my wife's confined for a bit. Yeah. yeah is, she, is she home from... Uh, yeah, she came home yeah. on Thursday. Oh, we, had, we had to buy. No, we had, we rented a wheelchair ramp because there was no way she yeah. could get into, yeah. the, into the house. Those that's the business you need to be. Oh in. yeah, those yeah. things cost a Yeah, yeah. the first the first time I saw one that said it was at a senior center or something. It said rentals, and yeah. I'm like, rentals. That's what we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and they came. It's funny. They came like a couple of hours before she was due. We thought that. They were going to have to, you know, hoist yeah. her up, and she could stay until later. Yeah. But they they got it done by the time she got home. They literally got there at about nine, and we're done at about eleven. Yeah, and it's beautiful, but it's the yeah. price of a, a used car. Well, we were kidding each other because <laughs> you know we're both uh, working professionals with uh, jobs that make us work a lot of hours, so we eat out a lot. We yeah. don't go home and make dinner yeah. for each other, and uh, we haven't been able to do that for a few weeks, so we were saving a lot of money. Yeah, you know, we could see it, yeah. see the account, yeah. ching, ching, ching. Yeah. and then this thing comes. <laughs> so much for that. Yeah. Goodbye. All right. Goodbye, saving. Yeah. Speaking of goodbye, I'm going to piano guy. I'm going to look up who. There's got. It's got to. There's got to be. Google's got to know who's the piano guy is on the Route 66 theme. Oh yeah, you can find yeah, it. Anyway. Yeah. Just so we can stop. So we can stop making up names. Well, like that, that old Larry Glick thing. I know the answer to every question. And it may not be the right answer, but it'll yeah, be a yeah, yeah. You yeah. know. Calling this guy's Keys McNamara or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Twe- Tweakly McKee. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, the very best in Irish music coming up with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade next. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Next week, we're talking about how to keep mice out of your car over the winter. Talk about that next week. See you all. Bye-bye. <laughs>